This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're now listening to Boomsies with Dan O'Toole on the Bet Rivers Network. We'll do it live. Now nah, I can't do the rest. That is still one of the greatest YouTube clips of all time. Bill O'Reilly. YouTube it. We'll do it live. All right, it. To play us out. What does that mean? To play us out. And then he does a big snort. You can see the rage building in the man. Jay and I used to watch that all the time. And just tears laughing. It's only 38. Oh, no, there's one that's a, a minute 35. There's an, a Anyway, YouTube, Bill O'Reilly, we'll do it live. You're welcome. This is episode 68 of Boomsies. The Yammer Yager episode, come on. First player to ever wear number 68 in the NHL. Second highest scoring player in NHL history behind only Weiner. Two cups. Art Ross five times. Won the heart only once. Played 1,733 games in the NHL. And his last season, you might need to be reminded, last season in the NHL was with the Calgary Flames, where he scored one goal. So his last goal in the NHL was with the Flames. At uh, 51, played his 35th pro season for his hometown Czech team. And then I did some intel, called my good friend Steve Webb, who played against Yager. I said, what do you what do you got? Give us the goods on Yager. He said, the hardest guy to hit. Could not, could not be hit. Always knew exactly what was going on on the ice. Which also leads me to believe not everyone always knew what was going on on the ice. And Webby said, Yager had keys to the rink. He'd skate all night with weights on his legs. I think that's a, a well-known fact about the man, but Yarmer, Yarmer, Yarmer Yager, number 68. Almost saw Yager this uh, past weekend in Ottawa. Packed the kids in the car. I said, kids, we're going to center ice in the Bell Sensplex in Canada, where my cousin Eric needs us to approve of the Boomsies burger. We're going to surprise him. 
and we did it. We had the Boomsies burger. I posted a video on Instagram. I can tell you, that burger tasted as good as it looks. There's a chicken finger on it. I had my doubts. I don't anymore. And it comes with Frings. Delicious. So if you're going up to Ottawa, it's right beside the, the Canadian Tire Center where the Sens play. It's got a good little operation going on there. So I said I almost saw Yager because I walked into the rink with my girls and I'm like, so there's I think four pads, uh, four ice pads there. They've got a volleyball courts. They've got a soccer field. They got everything there. But this one rink on a Saturday afternoon had like four or 500 people in the stands. I'm like, what is happening? I look out and the players in the game, not so nimble. So I go up to the restaurant. I say, Eric, what, what the hell's going on out there? He said, oh, Dan. That is the over 80 cup. Every player on the ice was over the age of 80. So my, uh, my Uncle Don chimes in. I think half the crowd's EMT. <laughs> I'm like, he's easy now. But then I looked into the crowd. It's grandkids, great-grandkids, sons, daughters, wives. I don't know if any moms were there watching their sons because that would have been a scene. Every player out there was over 80. So in my dark mind, I'm like, if this game goes to sudden death, that can't be good for anyone. And then the chatter, there's chatter in the restaurant watching this game. People are like, yeah, that blue team, they've got Johnny Smith. He's already got three goals. I'm like, well, you think they've got a ringer? <laughs> they've got a ringer in this only players aged 80 and up are allowed? It's not fair. They've got him. So my, my cousin's trying to add to it. He's like, check the birth certificates. Great to see. There was a priest there, so they said, we already know who's saying the prayer before this meal. 80 and still getting out on the blades. Amazing. And this is a true story. They bring me over a a program. They're like, Dan, look who the title sponsor is. And I'm like, no, this can't be true. They're like, look with your own eyes. It was a funeral home. A funeral home was the title sponsor of the over 80 game. Yeah, can't make this stuff up. So I was in Ottawa when the news dropped of the the newest celeb entering the ownership bid mix. So you already had Ryan Reynolds. Snoop Dogg got in there. And then The weekend put his name into the mix. And I think how it's going now is if you don't have a celebrity attached and you're one of the ownership bids, you're reaching out to celebs and saying, hey, we'll give you 1%. We'll give you 2%. Just attach your name. And they're like, yeah, I'm in. 
The Sens are getting love, and that's what you get when you are the most affordable North American pro sports franchise. That team that was valued at, what, four, five hundred million ten years ago, now they'll sell for probably a billion or more. And of the bids that don't have a celebrity attached, I'm here to help. I'm always here to help. I'm a treasure trove of ideas. Do I follow through and seeing these ideas come to fruition? No, that's your job. So you need a big name. Hey, Remy, what's up? You need a name that will get the attention of Canadians. A name that pulls at the heartstrings. And that name is Rafi. You throw Rafi into the mix. And you have a Canadian that every one of us grew up with. He comes complete with a goal song library. Imagine the send score in Baby Beluga. Gets pumped throughout that arena. You don't like that one? Down by the bay. Everyone's singing along. Family-friendly atmosphere. The opposing team's like, what the hell is going on? They get sucked into, oh, maybe this is like a nice lovey-dovey team. And then the Sens just smash you in the face. You can have Mr. Sun in there, Mr. Sun. Sun, Mr. Golden Sun. Please shine down on me. Rafi is more relatable than those massive international stars. Rafi is Canada. But if you don't like that one and you want to go the big massive celebrities, I've got one more. Keanu Reeves. Do I need to explain it? Those, those other celebs, they're too in your face. Keanu Reeves, he would be behind the counter making the popcorn and then seeing a family who he can tell is this is their one game of the year, maybe the one game of their life. He's then buying the popcorn for them. He is an every man's celebrity, every person's celebrity. Those are your only two options. I would have thrown Mr. Dress up in there, but... Uh, he, he gone. Mr. Dress Up. You have the tickle trunk out there. So instead of the big sends, remember when they had the big uh, Roman soldier come out, which was horrible. You'd open the tickle trunk at the start of every game. Say, look what's in here for you, Toronto Maple Leafs. Remy, you gotta, you gotta just stop, bud. You gotta, you gotta learn how to be a cat. You need lessons on how to be a cat. If you offer those lessons, please let me know. Because we need a cat that doesn't know how to act. Shout out to the Peterborough Peets, my hometown team. I went to game three against North Bay. They won that game in overtime. No, they didn't. It didn't go to overtime. Sorry. They scored late. Uh, And then they won that series in seven games. They're now off to the OHL a final, not so bad. Okay, Remy, 
Remy, just please. The Peets will be facing the London Knights. This is a true David versus Goliath battle. You have the multi-million dollar Knights against the Peterborough Peets, who we don't, we don't know who owns them. If the Peets were sold today, we don't know who gets the money because there is, I think the community owns them. The, paint, the Pete's rink was built in 1956. The London Knights, and they built it for $800,000. The Knights rink built in 2002 for $40 million. If that's not David versus Goliath, I don't know what is. A uh, shout out to the, the small Ontario town of Tweed, Ontario. Driving up old Highway 7. It's a beautiful drive. And then you get to Tweed and you're like, what the, what happened? Big storm hit last summer and a tornado touched down there. And everyone forgot that a tornado touched down in Tweed and said, you guys figure it out. Ontario government, Canadian government, help out Tweed. There's, it looks like the storm hit yesterday. Like a bomb went off. And that's only what you can see from the highway. Like you almost have to stop the car. It's that jarring. So Tweed, we're thinking to you, if you need a cat, you can have Remy. Cat cleanup crew. It's better than what's been provided to them so far. So Tweed, we got your back. I still can't wrap my head around a funeral home. (laughs) Being the title sponsor of a game for players in which the age was 80 and above. Check the birth certificates! Uh, We have a very special guest on this episode of uh, Boomsies. JR Superstar. Jeremy Roenick. And um, full disclosure, we taped it Monday night. Two hours before the NHL draft lottery. So we didn't get to ask him about the Hawks getting the first overall pick. In which it will be Connor Bedard. But I don't know if he's allowed to pull a Lindros these days. If he's allowed to say, hey, I'm not going to play for them. Because what's gone on with the Hawks organization over the last few years has not been forgotten by the general public. And people are outraged that they go through all that stuff and get rewarded with a once-in-a-generation player. And a side note, I don't know who Connor Bedard's marketing people are, who his PR people are, but give them a raise. My 12 and 15 year old, before the draft lottery even happened, mentioned Connor Bedard and asked me questions about him two to three times a week. They'd be hard pressed to name an NHL player right now, but they know Connor Bedard. 
And I was talking to someone. They're like, yeah, because people are like uh, projecting uh, how much he's going to score. I'm like, my kids aren't on stat projection websites. They're on TikTok or Instagram. And they know about Conor Bedard. That is their source of information. They don't have Twitter. They barely use, they aren't Googling Conor Bedard. He is popping up in their social media. So Conor Bedard is big with the young people. Good on you, buddy. Going to a massive market with a massive cloud over it. Hmm. Gary. Oh, boy. Has Gary Bettman had one year of his... Well, he's started... He was... He's been NHL commissioner since, I think, the same year the Pete's rink was built. 1956, Gary Bettman started as commissioner of the NHL. And since then, he hasn't had a single year where he looks back and says, that was, that was a problem-free year. Way to go, Gary. Gary. A lifetime appointment? Are you ever going to let anyone else play commissioner? Gary for life. That's a good shirt for you. Uh, the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, Leaf fans. I've had uh, requests to wear my kimono. Uh, just to take you back, I wore a kimono. I bought one at a dollar store. Wore it to watch one hockey game in my life. What happened in that hockey game? The Toronto Maple Leafs advanced past the first round for the first time since 2004. I have not worn that kimono to watch a hockey game since. And looks, look what happened. Not saying. Uh, I'm just saying. Twitter is uh, amazing at times. Z Money saw this comment. Producer Tim didn't think it was real. But Leaf fans, they're pretty hilarious. One of them was because game three of the Florida-Toronto series got pushed to Sunday. So there was a large gap. And uh, the schedule got put out in one Leaf fan. And this is... I'll remember this comment for the rest of my life. He said, doesn't matter when game three happens anyway. Leafs in two. I'm like, that. Ah, you can't beat that. And the other Leaf comment was about Bedard. Marner for Bedard. Straight up. And if they want Kerfoot, they can have him too. Easy. Who says no to that? I didn't even wade into the comments, people chiming in like, they'll never do that. If a joke needs to be explained to you, then there's no hope for you. You're probably cheering for the London Knights. I'm kidding. I'm I, London. Love you. I just want everyone to have a good time. Whoever, whoever wins will have deserved it. But the Pete's, they're wearing skates from 1986. 
the goalie has horsehair pads. He's got a Jacques Plant mask on. And we're we're lucky to to make it to games. They've got a Volkswagen bus as the team bus. A Volkswagen van. You try to fit a team and all their gear in that. And see how you do. Uh, before we get to Jeremy Roenick, um, we have to get to our voicemails. Because we were inundated with voicemails this week. I can't wait to get to them. Um, I believe, is this the last week of the CHL prize pack? It's not. The last week is May 31st. Okay, so end of May. Get your voicemails, get your emails in before the CHL prize pack ends with the, the OHL season. And by the way, the game winner, uh, the series winner that the Pete scored against North Bay. Great shot. The Bet Rivers sign right in the corner there. Oh, brings a tear to your eye. Bet Rivers, proud sponsor of the CHL. Let's get to these voicemails. Hi, Dan. This is Drew Stanton calling. Even though the Leafs are currently in the playoff push right now against the Florida Panthers, one has to wonder what would happen if Drake or Justin Bieber were to do something about a new goal song. Maybe something like, you know, taking the old Gary Glitter Rock and Roll Part 2 and maybe creating Rock and Roll Part 3 to do something different because I know a lot of Leaf fans are, you know, a little frustrated with the current song. So, um, so what's your take? And as always, opinions, please. What's sip, Drew? Drew, our professional phone caller. If they were going to switch the goal song, you had to do it at the start of the year. Can't do it now. You're stuck with Hall and Oates. That's all going to change if they get swept because everyone's gone. Dubas will be gone. Keefe will be gone. Marner, Matthews, Nylander, one of those guys is gone. And the song, that's gone too. You can't redo a Gary Glitter song because Gary Glitter and no guy use with permission. But throw a Beeb song in there. I just want somebody to love. That's a banger. Go into Bieber's catalog. You got banger after banger. He's also on my list for a guest that I want to appear on Boomsies. That is yet to happen, and um, I don't know if we've reached out to his people. But if uh, someone can get word to him, that'd be great. Uh, Drew, thanks for the call. Hey, Dan, Tim, and Z. It's Joe Archer calling. Uh, Don't worry, Dan. I've had that uh, mistaken a couple times because I guess when I get a little nervous or a little hyper, I get uh, mixing up my name, get it going too fast. It sounds like George. Uh, funny instance of that, when I worked at the local food land in, in Lucknow back in the day, uh, a person wanted turkey, so I got to call them up, and I was like, hey, it's George Cohen, you want a turkey? And they're like, oh, George, that's fantastic. So it certainly happened. Uh, speaking of that, have you ever had any funny, memorable moments when you uh, tell someone that they've won something? Um, I thought it was endearing when I got to tell that person the news because they were super ecstatic. Um, and also, for Z Money, don't give up on Settlers of Catan. It's a great game. Anyways, have a good one, boys. Bye. 
Good old George. Georgia. Georgia. Yeah, you really need to say that quick to, to get George out of that. Shout out to Foodland, great grocery store. Small town uh, Ontario grocery store. Have I ever called anyone up to say they've won a great prize? No, Z Money uh, informs our listeners who wins the CHL prize pack, so he gets to to do that. The closest I would get was when I did an Instagram project called Danitized. During the pandemic, after I lost my job, I wanted to to feel like I was part of society. So I danitized items, which meant Canadian companies, businesses sent me their stuff and I did promotion for them free of charge on Instagram, got to make some fun videos and I'm not going to lie to you, I got pretty good at them. I went from not being able to edit a single video to doing these mini commercials. One of the items I'm wearing right now, Rolo Golf. To this day, Rolo Golf still sends me their stuff. Adam Sandler wore these when he was in Canada shooting a movie. Rolo Golf shirts. Whenever I wear one of these to the course, at least 10 people. Where'd you get that? Man-made underwear. Still sends me their stuff. Free spirit, natural deodorant. Still sends me their stuff. I can't live with items that I danitized. I love them so much. Northbound t-shirts and hats. Still send me their stuff. I can't thank them enough. I love wearing it. There's so many great Canadian products out there. So when I let those companies know after they sent me their stuff, reach out to them. Hey, I just got your product. I shot a little thing. I'm going to be putting it out Tuesday. And then when they'd get back to me and say, we sold out of everything. Thank you so much. That was the closest I got to telling people they won something when I was just saying, hey, I'm promoting your product. It'll be happening this week. So that was pretty fun. I like doing that. Uh, next. Hey there. It's the idiotiest, bittiest, kiddiest Steve out there giving you a call. Um, yeah, just a fun fact about me. I hear you're finishing up with the CHL prize packs. Um, I actually, as an occupation, I am the DJ at the Brandon Wheat King uh, games, the home games. Uh, they hired a cat. I think it was a bold move by them. Uh, but hopefully it uh, it pays off in the end. Would love uh, would love a New Jersey or something because the last game I spilt nacho cheese all over it, and uh, they uh, frown upon uh, a hairless cat DJing their game. So um, hopefully this uh, this pays off. Dan, I would like you to rank the following four berries from worst to best: strawberries, raspberries, blueberries, blackberries. Meow. Itty bitty kitty Steve, Brandon Wheat Kings. I hope his uh, his stage name is DJ Meowmix. And I'm sorry to tell you, itty bitty kitty Steve, but the strawberries, the order you put them in is the exact order they belong in. Strawberries, the king of the berries. Ontario strawberries, the king, king, king. The king to the king of the berries. Nothing beats the taste of an Ontario strawberry. Raspberries, right off the bush, delish. The ones you get in the little containers at the store, not much flavor. Blueberries, wild Ontario straw blueberries. 
on your way to Ottawa. They've got all the stands set up. Those things pop. They're tiny. Those big bulbous blueberries at the store, no bueno. Mucho no bueno. And blackberries, great in smoothies, but when you eat them, you get a lot of shit in your teeth. Blackberries, why you gotta mess up my grill? So that is your ranking of berries. Thanks, itty bitty kitty, Steve. Uh, Let's fire off these emails real quick. Hey, Toolsy, uh, just listened to episode 67 and I have a great idea for a burger for your cousin's place. The Alfie Burger. The patty is a Swedish meatball with the sauce and it costs 11 bucks. Brilliant. Oh, also, if you go to my uh, cousin's restaurant, get the broken hockey sticks. They're mini churros that come with uh, caramel and chocolate sauce. Fantastic. The poutine, fantastic as well. Hungry Hungry Hippos made me look for a classic Canadian game I had from the 80s called Canadian Armchair Football. The greatest board game of all time, and I still have it. Your pal, Dr. Big Dog Rob. Never heard of that game in my life. And that's uh, that's all that we have time for in uh, the emails. Um, Z Money, you've got your... Uh, I've got a I've got a winner in mind, but I, again, don't like to influence the judge's decision on who gets the CHL prize back. I'm going to go with a longtime caller and go with our good boy, Georgie Boy, a.k.a. Joe Archer. Oh, Joe gets it. I really thought Itty Bitty Kitty Steve was going to. But Joe Archer, he did seem very nervous. And um, he did have a good question. Very good questions. I did like the ranking of um, berries. Producer Tim Z Money, you guys in the same order as me, strawberry, raspberry, blueberry, blackberry. I go strawberry, blueberry, raspberry, blackberry. Uh, I just go with blueberries last. I do not like them. Huh. Have you had Ontario wild strawberries or blueberries? I have. I have. I uh I just I don't know. My parents always tried to get me to eat them as a kid growing up because of how healthy they are, and I think that just stuck. I just don't like them. That's right. You tell someone to do something. They don't want to do it. They want to do the complete opposite. I get you. Um, do we have uh, time to get to our uh, Boomsies Newsies, or should we get right to JR? Right to JR. Right to JR. The man, the myth, the legend, Jeremy Roenick. So, Jeremy, I was uh, thinking back to my crystal ball of all the places we've met, and I, I uh, found out all of them. So we first met in Fort McMurray, Alberta. And then oh we gosh, did an event yeah. together in Halifax, Nova Scotia. And then second. we you, saw... You, hold on real quick. Real quick. Do you remember in Fort McMurray when we tried to go through Burger King on our feet through the drive-thru and they wouldn't serve us? Do you remember that? Do and remember we had that? Wendell Clark with us, didn't we? Yes, we did. Yeah. Yes, we did. <laughs> That's the first time I ever realized that they won't serve you through a drive-thru on your feet yeah. without a car. And I thought anything goes in Fort McMurray. Sure. And so then uh, the next one was Halifax, and then we saw each other in Vancouver for the Olympics, and then the last time we saw each other was in Russia, where we essentially spent the entire Olympics together because Chris Chelios was on mm-hmm. our broadcast team, and you and Chelly are great buddies. So we've uh, n- we've never met in America. We've never seen each other on American soil. Well, you just have to take a trip to San Diego then, the best city in the country, to and, and we'll change that. So for the longest time, you were a desert guy. Jeremy Roenick, no, he plays golf in the desert. And here you up and moved to San Diego. 
Yeah, it was kind of a crazy move. You know, during the pandemic, it's 116 degrees in the middle of August in July. And we're sitting there um, wondering why we're, you know, why we're baking and we can't do anything. Everything's closed. I mean, the golf courses were open, but who wants to golf at 116 degrees? So we figured let's uh, let's head out to San Diego. Let's be near the ocean. Let's get to where the weather's nice, where you can be outside and at least be a little bit uh, comfortable. And, and my wife rides horses here. So we came here and decided to stay. There's nothing left for me in, in Arizona. Obviously, the coyotes don't want somebody good working for them. So, um, you know, so I just came out here and just and, and uh, totally have loved being here. I don't love the politics, don't like their taxes. But right here in San Diego is a nice little bubble. Let's go as far as we can from San Diego and go back to Russia, because when people ask me, what was Russia like? And the way I describe it, I'm like, I don't know. It was Russia. Remember before the Olympics, we were all going and people were like, you're going to get attacked by wild dogs. None of the venues are, are done. You're going to be sleeping on the street. And I'm like, it actually was OK. I thought it was great. I thought it did a great, great job with the uh, with the venue. Um, we actually stayed in one of the new hotels. That yeah, I know. You guys were the one was, with the spa. Yeah, yeah, we were definitely the spoiled ones of that nature. But I, I will say it was during a very uh, traumatic time and a very scary time. And and I remember one of the days that we did go off campus and we went to a nightclub. And it was a nightclub that was full of people. And I mean packed. And they were checking all sorts of people that came in. I remember this guy walked in and he had a backpack on and he walked in a big backpack. And I remember looking at Shelly, looking at each other saying, are we getting out of here? Are we going to, are we going to take a chance? And Shelly goes, screw it. Let's, let's drink and have fun. If it's our time, it's our time. But it's, um, I had a great time in Russia. I thought it was a really well done Olympics. That's where I discovered that everything that was said about Chris Chelios was true. He'd be out with us till three, four in the morning, yet be in the lobby to take the shuttle to your hotel to use the gym at 8 a.m. Uh, he's a, he is when they when they they termed the phrase freak of nature, uh, they, they had met Chelly because Chelly is a freak of nature in so many different ways. I've never met an athlete who um who lives the life that he does, who has the friendships that he does, who was the player that he was, the passion that he has. Um, he's just an amazing man. And I'm sure you will, you'll agree with me. Uh, yep. The guy just def- defies all the, all the natural odds of, of, of how a body is supposed to react to life. That's probably the best way I can, I can describe it. And I'll say this about you and Shelly. Um, Team USA was lucky you guys were there because when they got beat out, we all went to a bar and they just happened to be the same bar. I keep looking around and you and Chelly are, I'm not throwing anyone under the bus, but you're like, okay, we got to get this guy. This, this guy's got to get out of here. You guys were the (laughs) elder statesmen making sure no one got into trouble. Yeah, we did. We were very good at that. Shelly was very, very good at that. Shelly always knew where the line was and he never crossed it. And he did as much as he could to try to make sure nobody else did. He was, he was the big brother father figure. I mean, we call him the godfather of USA hockey for a reason because he's he knows exactly what his boundaries are and he is very very good at um at sticking sticking to that boundary. Um let's go back to Phoenix. Is is hockey going to is hockey there for good? Is it is it going to work there? Because Gary Bettman under his watch, he's never going to admit failure. 
No, he won't. And I, you know, we've heard a lot of a lot of conversations about what's happening there with this new building and whether the city is going to pass it to be able to build it down in the Tempe area. The only problem is, is a lot of people and especially the airport that are putting up a big fight because of where this building is, if it's going to interfere with any of the planes coming in, which is totally ridiculous. But it just seems uh, for some reason that the city or the board, the members, uh, the council of, of, of Scottsdale, or Phoenix just seem to not want to do business with the Coyote management or the Coyote ownership. Now, if they do get this, I think it'll be very positive for Arizona because that building will now be in the centerpiece of all the hockey fans. You have Mesa, Chandler, Scottsdale, Gilbert. That's the Mecca where all the snowbirds come down. It's been a notorious um, destination for for Canadians and so on and so forth. So I, I think it will survive there. Even though they played in a minor league arena and a college arena this year, they had a good atmosphere. Um, they were probably the hardest working team in the National Hockey League. It's just too bad that they are that they are just managed so poorly uh, in the in the upper management. Were you proud they brought back your old jerseys? I love the old. I hated the old jerseys when I first got there in '96, but they they grew on me, and I think they. I think they took them away again, the old Kachina jerseys. So I think that they put those to rest again. Uh, you probably won't see them again, but uh, I liked them. I thought they were pretty retro, pretty cool. Everything retro is uh, is cool now. Um, what is the smallest arena you ever played a pro game in? Because of what they fit, I think 4,000 into that college rink? I think it was Ottawa when Ottawa played up the, oh, the old Civic Center. Started. Yeah, the old Civic Center when they had only half the building. Uh, had had fans. I think that was the smallest building that I played in uh, as a professional. I played in 57 arenas uh, as a pro. Just think about that. I mean, I was right through that generation where they were uh, changing over from the old barns to the new barns. And 57 arenas I got to play in. Some, I think in Tampa, I played in three different arenas and, and maybe the same in Carolina. It's pretty crazy. Well, when Tampa first started, didn't they have like a curtain up to block half of it because it was in a stadium? Yeah, that was in the I think the Superdome. Is it called the? Superdome? Or is it the trap where the trap uh, where the Rays play? Uh, no, I'm not sure where they the first big, played. No, it was a big, big covered stadium. I want to say it was the Superdome, but I can't remember. I, that might be in another state. But uh, it was the big football stadium, and we played in a big curtain. Then we played at the fairgrounds for a little while, which was awful too, until they built uh, the Amelie Arena downtown, which is a beautiful arena. And what what that what that team's done in that city has been absolutely fantastic. Probably one of the best ownerships in, in all of, all of hockey in maybe in all of sports. Now here's what I said when Tampa lost to the Leafs, I said, if they win or lose, it's a win-win for them. They win. Hey, the dynasty continues. If they lose, they finally get time off. Would that have entered their head? Like, okay, we finally get to rest now. <laughs> no, no. Uh, and it probably took them about a week to get over that loss because you don't like to lose at home. There's no question. And I think good for Toronto being able to get over that hump and, and get that curse of Tampa uh, out of the way, especially what happened last year. But um, no, those guys on that team, you know, Stamkos and Kucherov and Point and, and Hedman, they wanted to they wanted to play as long as they possibly could again. But I think right now they're they're probably enjoying some time off, resting, playing some golf, going on an early vacation, and watching what's happening in the league right now because it's it's probably one of the weirdest playoffs that I've ever seen in, in, in my lifetime. I'm glad you brought that up, Jr. Superstar. Say you're a coach of the Leafs because Leafs fans they're saying where are big guns? Meanwhile, the Oilers' big guns they're strapping the team to their back and carrying them with them. 
what would you say to the Marners, the uh, the Austin Matthews, the John Tavares? What do you say to these guys that hasn't already been said? Well, I think, first of all, I don't think it's for lack of care or lack of effort. Um, maybe a lack of, of pre- uh, preparation or, um, you know, or and I don't think commitment because I think they really they are competitors. They are great hockey players and they do want to win. Um, they have a lot of pressure on them. There's no question about it. But at some point, you have to find ways to get over it. But sometimes it's not meant for people. Look at Keith Kachuk, one of my greatest friends in the world, right? One of my greatest friends in the world and one of the best Americans of all time. Uh, his ability to get past first rounds in the playoffs uh, is atrocious. And I've, it's, it wasn't because he wasn't the most passionate guy because he was, um, he fought, he scored goals, he produced, um, you you can't win it with just one or two guys, but yes, they can be that, those guys that can carry a team. And right now they just seem snake bitten. And it just seems like Florida is playing a much harder, uh, longer game than anybody, anybody in the playoffs. Boston and and Toronto included, and that's why they're winning, and they're getting better goaltending. Yeah, how about Paul Maurice? Talk about a second life. <laughs> there's a lot of coaches in this league that seem to get second lives, and there's a lot of coaches that are pretty freaking awesome. That doesn't matter how good they are, they get fired the next day. It's pretty crazy how this how this um, this regurgitation of of coaches um, seems to come back and. The same things happen again, but yeah, Paul Maurice had a, he's has this team believing they can win, and when you have guys like Matthew Kachuk, who is the ultimate competitor, um, you know, bringing this game every night and dragging a lot of people with them. Verhage's playing unbelievable. Bennett's playing unbelievable. Obviously, I said Bobrovsky. This has been a this has been a an unbelievable resilient team without question. Being down three one to Boston and then being able to come back and win in overtime in Game Seven, they don't think they can lose now. Let us inside the dressing room, because I heard a quote uh, recently from a retired player, and they're like, oh, tell us about the the rah-rah speeches in between periods of a tie game or something. He's like, most of the time, they're like, hey, make sure you hydrate, and we'll see you out there in 10 minutes. Do you remember one speech or any intermission talk where you're like, okay, that fired us up, or is it more, is it kind of movie stuff? They make it more than it is. Well, back in, you know, back in the late 80s, early 90s, there was always a lot of yelling and there's always accountability and somebody was always going to step up in the locker room in the middle of a, in, in the middle of a period or in the middle of a game and start yelling and screaming and calling people out and making people accountable. It happened every single game that you're losing, um, whether it was a really loud individual um, that was pointing fingers or if it was a a calm let's let's go rah rah talk but it happened all the time most of the time it was a lot of a lot of f-bombs and a lot of screaming like we got to get going and cut this so is that all gone it doesn't happen anymore you know i i don't know i don't want to say that i know um i would have to think that the players today one don't want to alienate other players like they don't want to hurt other people's feelings i think feelings mean a lot in those locker rooms some people don't want to stick their neck out and be that guy that uh criticizes or somebody that yells and screams because he's afraid of not being liked 
Um, I do think it's a totally different kind of mentality uh, than we used to have. Um, and I just don't think that the, I don't think that their, their psyches or their, their personalities are as robust to be that person, to get up and challenge somebody to the point to where it could turn into fisticuffs, because I've seen that happen a lot of times. And, you know, you just don't know how people are going to react anymore in these, in these, these times. Did you play when uh, some players would smoke a dart during the intermission? Oh yeah. Yeah. I was in, I was in there and Dennis Savard and a couple guys um, had a, had an ashtray right next, right next to them <laughs> in, in, in the locker room smoking and Keenan did his best to try to get rid of that. But you know, Keenan and Savvy kind of butted heads a lot and Savvy always kind of, kind of won at the end. But yeah, yeah. They smoked in the locker room when I first got there in 88, 89, 90, for sure. It was awful. Uh, JR, uh, reading Snoop Dogg's comments because he's in one of the ownership bids to buy the Senators, and he's like, this this league doesn't know how to market their superstars. Says no one in the States knows who Connor McDavid is. And considering the, the way Drysaddle and McDavid are playing in these playoffs, ha- has their name been mentioned anywhere in the States? I, I'm on the wrong side of the border, so I don't know if if the McDavid fever, if anyone knows about him yet. The only time you're going to see him is uh, is during uh, a, a game on ESPN or a game on TNT. Um, besides that, you're not going to see uh, you're not going to see a headline with their faces on it. Um, you know, even in Vegas right now, you probably will not get a, a news feed about Connor McDavid or Drysaddle. So yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of in agreement with that. I think that's always been one of the National Hockey League's faults and one of their. Um, one of their faux pas is that they have not been able to really market their, their top, top guys throughout Canada. And maybe because they're not American. Uh, it has been Sidney Crosby, Canadian, has been Ovechkin, Russian. Now we got McDavid and Dreisaitl, you know, obviously both, um, you know, from another country. So here in the States, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to be able to do that in multiple cities. Um, but I'll tell you what, if any player in any sport should be known in every household, it's Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, without question. Connor McDavid's the best, the best, most talented hockey player in the history of hockey on two blades. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be the best scorer, but talent-wise and what he can do on two blades, I don't think that any anyone uh, could match with this kid. So he's do. better than anyone you ever played against. Any, anybody I've ever seen. And I've seen a lot of good players. I've seen a lot of people that have had so much talent and oozing out of their pores, but not to the level of this Connor McDavid. And I and it's every single aspect of his game, whether it's 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 edge work, his speed, what he does with the puck at the speed that he does it in, the tight quarters that he is able to move pucks through when he's stick handling, even making passes, his timing, his hockey IQ. Um the guy possesses every single every single quality that you need in a superstar and he does it at the highest speed of anybody that I've ever seen. He is phenomenal. JR, we're going to let you get out of here. First you got to do a uh, rapid fire. You ready? I love it. Yep. Favorite Canadian city? Montreal, Toronto. I'll just say Montreal. Old Arena. Take out Chicago, you miss the most. Toronto Maple Leaf Gardens, without question. Favorite goalie to play against? Patrick Waugh. The goalie that you hated playing against? 
Marty Brodeur. Okay. Pre-game meal. Uh, I had two, either two things. I had chicken and rice, or my wife loved to make uh, pesto chick, pesto chicken penne. It was amazing. Last time you played golf with Michael Jordan? Ooh, that was uh, 20, 20 years ago. I'm due for another one. And your handicap at golf right now? Uh, plus point two. Oh. And I can't win any money at that handicap. <laughs> you would have won a lot of me from me today. I just came from the course, so. Oh, that well, listen, I might not have even too many strokes. You could probably slip a a quick par in there at the end and just clip me. From, That's how I know, finished, baby. Finished yeah, with the yeah. par. See, see, and I would have had to give you a stroke, and I would have lost on that hole. Perfect, Jeremy Ronick, yeah. you're the best. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Tuli. You're a great man. It's good to see you again. And hey, come out here to San Diego so we can meet on American soil. Jeremy Roenick, quite a golfer. And producer Tim had a real-time fact check. Fact check, check from that interview. Tim? Yeah, I think there's just some confusion about the arenas that the Lightning played in. Uh, We're talking about the stadium that they played in. Uh, It was the Thunderdome they played in from 93 to 96, which is now known as Tropicana Field. So it was the, the same field where the Rays play now. Tim, that's not how you said it to me. Say what you told me. I don't know what you're talking about. You said, Dan, you were right. Oh, sorry, Dan, you were right. That's the first time I've ever heard those words leave producer Tim's mouth. That's at least the 10th time in this podcast series that you said that. So, (laughs) Hey, I have a short-term memory. Uh, So, yeah, they... JR was right. It was called the Dome. He thought it was called the Superdome. It was the Thunderdome. And then they played in a convention center before that, I believe. So I'm glad we could correct that. Uh, Thanks for tuning in as always. Uh, Go Pete's go. And make sure you, you hug someone and be nice. It doesn't cost you anything. See you next week. Welcome to Boomsies with Daniel Toosie. Live from Orno in the heart of Ontario. Oh, baby, Boomsies. Thanks for listening to Boomsies.